And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Here we are again in the same room, face-to-face. Not monitored or monitor, but face-to-face. You know, it's not very often that we're able to do this, and so when we're able to record a podcast facing each other, hey... Uh, that's always a great, great day. Great episode, I'm sure. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Moving on. Moving on. Like the Jeffersons moving on up or? I uh, like the country song about moving on, I <laughs> <Okay>. guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing to do to move on, uh, especially in, in certain circumstances. You know, we were talking about what our podcast episode should encompass and there's a lot of things that we should do as Christians, as patriots, and a lot of things that is not easy for us to do, but necessary, and that is to move on on several issues. And I think people think that we just get on here and just rant about whatever we don't like, and I guess sometimes we do that, but yeah. we actually do try to think about things that maybe the church needs to consider or Christians need to come to grips with and I would say this is one that the church has really had a hang up with for years is they don't want to let go and move on Mm -hmm. whether it's tradition in the church I mean I mean how many churches are still singing happy birthday while grandma comes up and counts out 87 pennies and puts in the little church you know piggy bank on the on the remembrance of me table the first pastorate I had they did that (laughs) And I had never seen that before. It's a very small church, an old church, and had a lot of old traditions. And, yeah, that was my first exposure to singing Happy Birthday to an individual that was celebrating it that week. And, yeah, we put money in the little church yeah. church box there. And we would sing Happy Birthday. And the uh, children's home made $11 that year yes, on all those yes. birthdays. Very, very <laughs> odd thing. Um, but yeah, a lot of the things as far as tradition, we need to move on. Um, but you also think about the, uh, election of November, 2020 moving on as far as Biden is the president as hard as that is to accept. And as hard as the eight months, nine months has been since he has been the president. Has it just been eight or nine? It feels like eight or nine years. It really 
really does. I was talking to a church member the other day, and he said, are you serious? It's just been eight or nine months. I said, yes. I said, I know it feels like years, but uh, we have another three and a half years with him as president. But, you know, you, you think about the audits that have gone by. I don't know if you've been keeping up with them, the Arizona audits and all of those things where they have found a lot of, you know, anomalies some odd things going on in the uh, election um, with all the ballots and all those things. And I get it. Those things need to take place. There needs to be an audit. But guess what? The media, the mainstream or the lamestream media is not going to catch those things. It's going to dismiss those things as far as, as far as the election is concerned. I, I know a lot of folks, a lot of our friends and followers on, on Twitter are saying all right now now the truth is being found in arizona there was definite fraud and i'm like hey you know what it doesn't matter what they say because the media gonna say hey the people who did the audit were biased so the uh, the audit is not even valid and so it doesn't matter what they found it's going to be dismissed as much as we need voter integrity um, guess what? We're going to have to move on from November 2020 and focus on 2022 yeah. to make sure that our state legislature and our state governments are implementing um, things into law that what happened in 2020 should not happen again in 2022 and 2024. Um, but going going back and trying to decertify a state's election is there's there's no way that's yeah. going to happen. When we say move on, we're not talking about forgetting what you learned and forgetting what happened. But at some point in time, you just have to say, okay, what's done is done. This is where we're at. This is, you know, uh, you got to move on from there. You can't just keep dwelling on what could have been, what might have been. Um, I can think back at a number of events in my own life where I was like, man, I wish I could go back and do that over again. I wish this would have changed or that would have been different, but it is what it is. You got to mm -hmm. move on. And so when we say move on, we're not just saying forget what happened, but move on and start making arrangements so that that doesn't happen again. I say over and over, we ought to gear up for an election. You know, uh, that's just the Patriot side of the, our podcast is we ought to make the best decisions and form decisions we can and, and vote according to our biblical values. But once that ballot has been cast, mm -hmm. we've done our part. Now, our elected officials, which are the, you know, brought about by the majority, they carry that out. And sometimes it hurts to be in the minority, but we got to move on and gear up for the next one. And you, yeah. you bring up a great point. I mean, each state uh, is going to put in a new Senate, a new House, however their government, state government structured. We'll get a new governor here. Mm -hmm. We've got to ensure that, that in, here in Arkansas we have the, the most constitutionally sound go governor that we can get because that's our next level of pushback towards, um, you know, the federal government and the direction they're headed. Exactly. But, yeah, that is definitely one issue that we cannot fight backwards on and, and going back to November 2020 and trying to right a wrong. It's not going to be made right in yeah. this life. And so 
what you have to do is focus on the present and the future and implement change in that area um it's it's much like losing a football game on a bad call yeah you know it, it doesn't matter that it wasn't right it doesn't matter that the ref got it wrong it doesn't matter that instant replay can't be used yes you lost even if you if it wasn't right you lost yes. and you got to accept that and just move on right that's that's a good point very good point Let, let's think about another uh issue that we need to move on and and that's covid amen um, you know we have been talking about this since march february of 2020 hard to believe it has been going on that long and guess what it's not going to go away yeah you know covid's going to be like a flu it's always going to be around in the world and it's uh something that we have got to learn to live with especially in the realm of the church and uh, you know i have known ministries you have known church ministries that have virtually done nothing in the past year and a half and they're suffering for it yeah that that's a very long time to absolutely stop ministry and that's something that churches need to come to grips and pastors need to come to grips with the fact that hey we need to move on yeah. ministry must not stop because of a virus and I understand the very uh onset of this that we didn't know what to expect. We thought that we were going to lose a third of our church members. You know, um, obviously that did not happen. And we have had outbreaks here in our community, but I have not, praise the Lord, lost a church member with COVID. Don't you think yeah. that's another issue that we when, need to move on? Yeah, and when we say move on, we're, we're not saying that we're just going to think happy, positive thoughts and people aren't going to die from this. Right. It's still a virus, and you can still contract it, and you and I have both had it. Uh, no, you never had it, did you? No, I, I haven't. My son has had it yeah. somehow, some You've way. you probably already had probably, it. Probably, probably have. My whole family's had it, and we never had like an outbreak per se at, at our church, but I would say, you know, our church runs 80 on a good Sunday, a really good Sunday, 70 most of the time. Um, I would say probably 20 people out of our 70 that I know for a fact have tested positive for it. But you've got to just say, okay, this is the world we live in. We can't just continue to say we're in a pandemic. We can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, certain politicians and certain medical professors if they have their way they would keep us in this shutdown world forever um i personally moved on a long time ago yeah i moved on in about may mm-hmm. of 2020 and i'll tell you how i moved on in may of 2020 when the whole everybody was in lockdown i went on a tour of the national park system and i made a little trip out to the grand canyon and up through utah and over into colorado and the national parks were open but they weren't charging you to get in they didn't have any facilities but it was great i mean i would go up to the grand canyon there was no crowd it was Mm -hmm. just me and a couple other weirdos who were out traveling the country during a pandemic and um, i saw so much of the west um with zero tourist pressure it was hard to find a motel at times and you know it was kind of sketchy but uh I just said, hey, look, if I die, I die. I'm moving yeah. on. I'm not going to live my life locked up in my house, 
you know, uh, looking out the window at the world, I'm going to go live. And if I die, I die. Mm -hmm. The church needs to take that same mindset. We are put here to do uh, a number of things. And what the church basically did was they said, no, all we got to do is proclaim a message once a week. And if you consume it over the internet and you sit in your living room in your undies and you watch a podcast or you watch a Facebook live of the church, you've done your part. And I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, you're wrong. That's Mm -hmm. not the way it works. Yeah. The church has a responsibility to one another and we've got to meet in person. We've got to get back to that. We've got to eat together. We've got to greet one another. We've got to care for one another. And if we die, we die. Yeah. When I say move on, that's what I have in mind, Wade. Sure, and I'm sure. not speaking for you or anybody else, but the church has got to get back to being the church. Right. Think about it as a Christian. What do we have to fear? Yeah. Do we fear death? No. No. No, we do not fear death. And, you know, it's kind of like the song that we grew up singing, What Have I to Dread? What Have I to Fear? Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. I've heard many adults to whom I looked up to sing that for years. And then when COVID hit, I saw those same adults hide under a rock. Well, they sang another say. song. It was the country song. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go tonight. That's, yes. That's definitely. what they switched over to. Yes. And that's good. And, <laughs> and listen, I'm going to die of something. Yeah. All right. I, I'm, I'm five, eight and two fifty. Okay. I should die of a heart attack anyways. Every day for me is a blessing. So it's not that I'm I'm going to go out and just do stupid things because I have a limited amount of time left. But if I'm willing to go on a vacation during a quote-unquote pandemic when we should all be locked up in our homes, why shouldn't I be willing to sing in the choir? Why mm-hmm. shouldn't I be willing to greet Christians together and, and sit down and have a meal and do the things the early apostles did they risked their lives Mm -hmm. the early church and the apostles risked their lives to meet and we risk catching a virus that many of them are vaccinated for yeah right we've got to move on here wade it's we've got to get back to we're the church we believe in christ when we die we go to heaven Mm -hmm. and if we don't do that then we are proclaiming one message with our tongue and something else with our hands. Absolutely. But don't you think that during this pandemic and during this COVID mess that we've endured, that there has been a separation in a sense of true believers and those who just professed? Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it has been a purging of the church per se. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying if you've stayed home, you're not a true believer. Right. But by and large, we've seen churches that ran 150 in attendance that are now running 20. Well, you can't tell me 130 people are true Christians and they hadn't been to church in a year and a half. Right. Some of this has been a revealing of who's who. Mm-hmm. And, um, the COVID didn't kill the church. COVID revealed what churches really were. Yes. And so I think um, what we saw was a lot of of uh, churches were really nothing more than uh, spiritual meetings where people got together and, you know, kind of a shallow, superficial faith. And mm-hmm. one of the things you'll always find in church history is when persecution of Christians ramps up, 
Christianity, true biblical Christianity, flourishes. Yeah. And so I think what we're seeing, it's not a persecution, but a, how important is church to you? Mm-hmm. And um, and I understand at first it's an information battle. We were talking about this with, with Biden. Uh, it's who controls the media, you know, controls yeah. the information. At first we were all told, hey, look, a third of, of, of Americans are going to die. Well, here we are a year and a half later, and that's clearly not the case. Sure, sure. And if we look at, at death totals for the year of 2020, it was not a – it was no different than a normal year, basically. Right, right. So clearly the information battle has, has verified that this is not what we were originally told. And Christians have to come to grips with the fact that this is a real virus. People really do die from it. But there's something worse than dying, mm-hmm. and uh, that is being unfaithful to the Lord. Yes. And uh, part of our faithfulness to him is to regularly meet with his people. Yes. Yeah, so if you're a pastor, hey, and if you're not right now, have opened up your church to full ministry, do so. Outreach is suffering. Our, our testimony to the world is suffering because of our uh, timidity of this virus and here we are supposed to be uh, bold and courageous and we're not doing anything because of a virus that has a 99.7 percent survival rate so here's what gets me the chinese buffet is open but churches can't have a potluck over food that they yeah. prayed for that the lord says if you pray for this food that it'll yeah. be re- you know uh, usable for your body um I mean, we've got to get back to doing what the church does. We've yes, got to break bread yes. together. Right. And I, I don't mean eat a cracker out of a Ziploc baggie and a, and, yeah. and a little juice pouch, take the Lord's Supper. I mean, we've got to sit down to dinner on the grounds and get a green bean casserole going. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what the church does. That's that's how our fellowship works. It is that kind of, of eating together that the early church did and the church today should do. And if we can go to a buffet, if we can order pizza prepared by somebody we do not know, transported to us by somebody we do not know, handled by no less than five people, but you cannot eat a sandwich prepared by your grandmother at church, Yeah, you're getting your information from the wrong place. It's time to move on. That's so true. Sad, but true. Let's talk. I'll introduce okay. this Okay. All right. You and I don't need to move on. We moved on from this a long time ago. Yeah. But we, we, we mentioned this. Southern Baptist, conservative Southern Baptist, you need to move on. Ed Linton is your president. Mm-hmm. And he, he plagiarizes his sermons. Mm-hmm. And you need to accept that, that you you have a president who's who's guilty of plagiarism, and you need to move on. For you to continue to, to call him to repentance and compare him to seminary students, uh, it's getting ridiculous, okay? You're no different than the uh, the Democrats who spent four years trying to impeach Trump. Yeah. Ed Litton is your president. Accept it and it, move on. Either move yeah. on and say, we're going to embrace this guy and stay in the SBC or move on and get out of the SBC or cut your money or whatever but mm-hmm. just quit quit yeah. acting like this is the end of the world yeah that that big controversy as as most of our listeners know if they are in the southern baptist convention is that uh, ed linton was was caught i guess you could say of uh, plagiarizing 
preaching just nearly verbatim a series of sermons that were originally preached by J.D. Greer. Um, now, here is something that is crazy, is that Ed Linton, who has a preaching team made up of eight individuals that help him uh, study for sermons, prepare sermons. They also have a, they are subscribed to a, uh, a sermon help a site called, is it Docent? Docent, I think. Yeah, Docent. Um, but the best that they come up with out of that preaching team and this Docent uh, software, whatever that is, um, is a sermon series by J.D. Greer. And here he preaches it verbatim and then recently goes before, was it Southwest Seminary? I think so, Southwestern, yeah, in Fort Worth. Yeah, and says that, what he did was not plagiarism, yeah. which is crazy because it blatantly was plagiarism. But what a slap in the face, though, honestly, to the average pastor of, of the SBC who is SBC, who is a bivocational pastor maybe or a pastor of a small church. He doesn't have a preacher's team. He doesn't have the budget, nor would he belittle himself to get a uh, subscribe to this docent uh preaching well illustrations you i, I want to say something here y you and i don't really have an active part in the southern baptist convention our churches don't participate in the southern baptist convention but most of the southern baptist preachers that i know uh, i'm talking i'm not talking about that i know personally but i mean in my area they plagiarize sermons all the time mm -hmm. all of them this is not uncommon in southern baptist churches I've preached a number of occasions and had people come up and ask me for my notes mm -hmm. and tell me point blank, I'm going to preach this sermon in our church Sunday. Uh, a number of occasions I've preached in meetings where my sermon notes were copied and mm -hmm. several preachers took those sermon notes. And there's even a common saying among Southern Baptists, if my bullets fit your gun, shoot them in your gun. Yeah, and that's yeah. code talk for if you want to copy my sermon and preach it at your church. Yeah. This because, is common practice. Yeah, because they, they got their sermon from somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah. And so plagiarism in the Southern Baptist Convention is a common practice. Mm -hmm. And for conservative Southern Baptists to just get, still be up in arms. I mean, the election was in June. Yeah. You know, here we are in the fall, and people are still just, we got to do something. Mean, no, you don't. You've got to accept this is who you are as a convention. This is what the majority of the people on the convention floor the day you voted for president, this is who you picked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Own it. Right. If you don't like it, get out or fix it. If you can't fix it, then accept that's who your peers are. Because nothing's going to change. No. Unless something happens to Ed Linton. Uh, some kind of a moral uh, sin, preferably not. Uh, nothing's going to happen. He is not going to get booted out because of plagiarism or anything of that nature because, like you say, a lot of these guys who helped elect him do that anyway. Yeah, it's common practice. Common common practice, and so they see no sin in that. Um, but also these guys who helped elect him, those who are in the hierarchy of the convention – are not going to let him go and force his resignation because they would then be admitting that they were wrong yeah. in picking this guy. And you're not going to get them to admit that 
at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's one issue that, uh, hey, move on. If you're going to continue to fight for conservatism in the SBC, um, don't, again, don't look backwards, look forward. You know, that, that sets up a future episode. At what point in time do we tell conservative Southern Baptist they need to move on? Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as you and I appreciate the ministry of, of founders and their desire to, you know, reform the Southern Baptist Church or Southern Baptist Convention, I mean, yeah. and their desire to call it back, as much as we appreciate those guys and even the, what is it, the Conservative Baptist Network yeah. or something like yeah. that, uh, we appreciate those guys and what they're trying to do in the convention because, look, up. A healthy biblical Southern Baptist convention is better for the entire world. Yes. So that's why you and I are, you know, we want to see the Southern Baptist convention do well. But at some point in time, you have to realize that this is no longer the party of your grandpa. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. W.A. Criswell would not be happy with what's going on today. And Absolutely. so you, you have to come to the conclusion that at some point in time, Southern Baptist as a whole if you have any conviction about you, are eventually going to have to move on. I'm not saying it's right now. For me personally, it was, you know, several years ago, the straw that broke this camel's back. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that that's a, that's a good point. You know, I, I think sometimes you get in such a rut that you are known for your opposition to something that that's all you know. That's a good point that has become your ministry of opposition to things and you don't know how to function without that opposition. Um, I think sometimes pastors, ministry leaders find themselves in that trap. That's, that's a very difficult thing because yes, there always needs to be a fight for the truth, but when is it going to dawn on those people who are fighting for truth that, people really don't want to know the truth and don't care about the truth except pushing their own agenda. You know, at what point are those guys who are fighting for conservatism going to say, you know what? It's time to move on. It's time to grow and strengthen those things, which remain focus all of my attention upon my local church. It's an individual decision. Yes. And and, you know, for us, it was a long time ago. And, and since, since we've made that decision in years past, we're looking now at where we were, say, 10 years ago and going, look at how far they've gone down this hill since we decided we could no longer go mm-hmm. along with it. And then I look at people that are still in there and they're like, 10 more years. Yeah, and I'm like, right. in 10 more years, this thing won't even be identifiable. No. And, no. and all the things that they're going through right now, I saw them going through 10 years ago. Yeah. Same. if they stayed on that same trajectory um and it and it has come true the warning signs that i saw some of the red flags i saw 10 years ago it's they're here yeah and it's just going to get worse more yeah. than likely yeah at some point in time if you've been a democrat for 80 years you have to say the democratic party of 2021 is not the democratic party of you know let's say 1940 Mm -hmm. or or you know pick your date 1950 it's not jfk's party anymore right and uh, at some point in time southern baptists are going to have to come to the conclusion that 
this is not what it was back then. It's things have changed. Yes. You've tried to turn it around. I, I value your efforts, but it, it it's coming upon time to move on unless some major changes are accomplished. Right. And you do have to admit that the conservative movement took a blow oh. just the other day. Oh, yes. They, they took a blow um, with Jared Longshore, who was a longtime Baptist, Southern Baptist, was the right-hand man of Tom Askell, who just recently left Tom Askell's church. He left the Southern Baptist Convention and is now a Presbyterian. Yeah. He is now an infant baptizer. And uh, already they have been catching flack that, he, you know, here the liberals and more moderates are being saying, okay, yeah, you've been saying that we have a plagiarizer. Maybe so, but at least we didn't have a infant baptizer. That that hurts. Yeah. Well, when you get in those kind of battles where you're constantly attacking each side, anytime something negative happens to your side, then you become the, the target of, of all these things. And it, yeah really boil it down outside of just the the personalities involved conservatives have to answer the question in the southern baptist convention have we won any major battles Mm -hmm. you know are we controlling the presidency of the convention and the answer is no right and you have it for some time are we winning battles on the floor and and during the convention and the answer is no all of your your uh amendments get shot down and so it's sooner or later you're kind of like that knight on monty python search of the holy grail you know he's blocking the bridge and they cut his arm off yeah and he's like it's about a flesh wound and then they chop his leg off and he's got like one arm and one leg and he still won't give up and then they cut his head off and he's like come back here i'll gnaw your ankles off i mean it's time to move on yeah right you've lost yeah and that's kind of what we want to get across in this episode is look at your life. Look at COVID. Look at the presidency. Look at where you are in your own. Maybe you're not Southern Baptist. Maybe you're something else. Mm-hmm. Is it time just to accept this is what it is now and move on and, and get back to what really matters? And yes, I think it's time. That's just a good evaluation at this point in, in our history. Right, right. Wow, that's a good episode just talking about off the cuff things of of things that we can just move on and and learn from but uh grow in our present and plan for the future of how we overcome these things it's always a joy to to do a podcast with you and uh, we've been doing this for about a year now and uh, we're learning a little bit every time we do it hopefully well, you do I, I just follow your lead you learn it and i was like whatever you want to do wade hopefully we have been a blessing and a help to each of you who, are, who have been listening to us until next time thank you for listening to the patriot pastors podcast